we might ask ourselves, why do we have a feast of the body and blood of Christ? This seems to be so closely united with the theme of Holy Thursday. What's the difference? Well, on Holy Thursday, we celebrate many different things. We celebrate in the morning the chrism oil and the oil of catechumens and the oil of the sick that are blessed by the bishop. Then in the evening, we do have the Mass of the Lord's Supper, in which we do celebrate both the institution of the Eucharist and the giving of the priesthood. There's also the mandatum or the celebration of our Lord's washing the feet of the apostles, his humbling himself, his giving them the commandment, love one another as I have loved you. Then there's the procession to the place that is to remind us of the garden where Jesus went with his apostles. So why do we need this feast? After all, this feast didn't even come about until the 13th century. Perhaps to understand it a little bit better, we should go back to two girls, two sisters, twins. At five years old, they were orphaned. They lived in what is now Belgium. And they were brought in and taken care of and raised by sisters in that, in this city. And one of the sisters, it seems, uh, passed away at a, a young age. But the other one, Juliana, had a great devotion to the Eucharist. She lived in a city and in a place where a lot of Eucharistic devotion was, was, had taken root amongst the people. And she had this great desire that there would be a feast day in the church that would be dedicated solely to celebrating the mystery of the Eucharist. I think it was about the age of 16 when she had this vision in which she saw the moon, a full moon in, in full splendor, shining. But diagonally across the moon there was a line, a kind of darkened line. And she was given to understand interiorly that this line across the moon was to represent how amongst all the church's feasts, there was this one part lacking. She kept this uh, vision to herself, which repeated throughout the next 20 years, and then finally revealed it to some confidence. Her spiritual director, who then shared it with a Dominican priest and also with the bishop. And the bishop decided that at this point, a local bishop had the authority to institute a feast for his diocese. So he decided, we're going to have a feast in honor of the Blessed Sacrament. Later, one of the other priests that she had shared it with, who was the papal, became the papal legate, or the papal ambassador for a region, and it spread to greater regions of the German-speaking world and French-speaking world. And later, that priest became pope. Now, it was this pope, Urban IV, who uh, was residing in Orvieto, a city north of Rome, and he had St. Thomas Aquinas with him. Imagine that. 
having this saint, this great theologian with you in the city, and he, had the, he knew Juliana and her great desire for this feast, but also at the time, a great miracle had occurred. We're now in the mid-1200s, and it was a, in the case of a priest in Bolsena, a little town maybe about 10 miles from Orvieto, and he had been doubting the presence of, of Jesus in the Eucharist. As he celebrated the Mass, he had doubts, and he thought about those doubts. And suddenly the host began to bleed onto the corporal, the cloth that the priest lays on the altar, and through the altar cloth onto the stone, staining the very altar stone that was there. Well, these two things converged for Pope Urban, and he declared in August that the next year there would be the feast of the body of Christ and that it would take place the Thursday during the Octave of Pentecost. Now, obviously we're not in the Octave of Pentecost. Later it was moved to after Trinity Sunday. And he had Thomas Aquinas write the prayers, the prayers that we use at, at Mass. Some of them go back to him for this day. The, also the office that was prayed uh, by the priest and the hymns such as the Pange Lingua and the Tantum Ergo, which we sing at benediction. And the Pope ordered that this feast would be universal for the whole church. Okay, that's the historical part. But again, it doesn't completely answer, why a second feast? Well, on Holy Thursday, we celebrate the historical reality of Christ giving us the priesthood, the Mass the Eucharist. It's caught up in the Paschal mystery of all of Jesus' death, resurrection. But today makes that reality brought to the forefront of our minds that Jesus remains with us. This isn't just something 2,000 years ago. But he remains with us 24-7 at each and every Catholic church in which his presence is in the tabernacle, Jesus is waiting there for you and for me. This is a stupendous miracle, a miracle that is an ongoing one, that the Lord of heaven and earth, the God who created us, should choose to be so humble that he would remain with us, a true prisoner of love, and often so neglected in our tabernacles and in our churches. He's here for us all the time. He wants us to come and be with Him, not only at the Sunday Mass, but to drop in, perhaps after work, or perhaps in the midst of our shopping, or after picking up kids from school, to come and visit Him. Jesus is the great giver of gifts. And yet some of his greatest gifts that he gives us, peace, insight, the way forward, he reserves for those who come and spend time with him. I don't know if you've ever had the experience of maybe dropping into the church and maybe, maybe nobody else was there, or maybe one other person was there. 
It's a different experience than when we come on Sunday. We see a lot of people, but when the church is empty, you can sense even more the presence of Christ there for you. It's like all of his attention is focused on you. And And Pope Urban realized this, that the Eucharist is such a great gift that we can't just celebrate it once a year. We celebrate it, in fact, every day solemnly at the holy sacrifice of the Mass. But we need to celebrate it in a particular way at least once a year with greater solemnity so that we might realize the gift that we have with us. Now, I encourage you, if you're able to, uh, to come back later after the 12.30, about 1.30 p.m., we're going to have a procession of sorts. Depending on the weather, we may not go outside, but at least around the church. Now, this is kind of a symbolic thing because ideally, the Blessed Sacrament would be brought out into our neighborhoods, into our, our town. Now, being in suburbia, it's a little bit hard to go through a uh, little rocky run. There's no, you know, the closest shopping center is what, a mile down the road, the colonnade? It's a little bit more difficult. But in cities, even in Europe today, The Blessed Sacrament will be processed through the main square, will be brought to several different side altars. It's a representation of Jesus coming out to our towns, to our workplaces, to our where we live, to sanctify. So let us be grateful for the great sacrament of the body and blood of the Lord. Let us make sure that we do not Uh, neglect this great miracle, this great gift, this great act of love, and that we may not be found unworthy to spend eternity with him who has entered in our time to spend each and every day with us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.